Good morning and welcome to Smashy Business. I'm Lubna Hamdan. And I'm Richard Fitzgerald. And today we're going to talk about Sam Altman, OpenAI's Sam Altman. He's in the UAE and he wants to turn it into an AI testing ground as he courts investors in the Middle East. And then Dubai brokers have three days to take down fake listings. Uh, and after that, uh, Dubai's Shark Tank, is it tanking and compared to Bahrain's Biban? Richard. Good morning, Lavna. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you this Very morning? Very good, thanks. Good. Yeah. Um, anything We're, particularly interesting happened to you this morning? Uh, nothing major. Uh, what about you? Uh, no, but I do see uh, the espresso there. Uh, yeah. Back on the coffee, back on the cafe. Yeah. Right? I, you know, coffee's good, isn't it? Like, you've got into my head. Coffee's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a few espressos lately. It's just so busy and, uh, you know, There's just so many different events on and things like that, and uh, I'm struggling to keep up at the moment, uh, tired-wise and sleep-wise, because I'm still training hard and everything. Yeah. Uh, so coffee is an aid. It's a little vice, but yeah, no, it's good. I, yeah. I love that I've influenced you into drinking coffee. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take credit for it. Where's your coffee? Where's your coffee? I had a really big cup of coffee this morning at okay. home, but yeah. I will be getting, uh, getting some after One this. Soon. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah. Lots of events going on. Mm. Uh, it's, I mean, I almost can't believe how well uh, Dubai is doing. We've had everyone from Tucker Carlson. Shah uh, Khan was speaking also at, so at, 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 the, well. at the World Government Summit. Yeah, yeah, there's just so many things happening. So many people, people. so many things happening. Um, Do you know what I was reading about? I was reading, um, I'm listening to a book at the moment about uh, Abdul Gabal Nasser, the other way around. Gabal. The Nasser. Jamal Abdel Nasser. This one. Yes. Yeah. So he was. There's a section in the book that talks about Lebanon. Everyone talks about Lebanon in the 60s or whatever when President Sharmoun was in charge, mm. and there was a house. The guy who founded uh, Al Hayat newspaper and Daily Star Lebanon, Murray Murray. Uh, he was assassinated as, at his desk in 1960 as he was going through the newspapers, right? I but, got um, chills just right, mentioning yeah. that. But, yeah. but, so, but he, um, he, he, they had a house and his son uh, still has the house. And the house is like, you know, I don't know no, exactly, but like Brumana or the hills or somewhere outside mm -hmm. Beirut. And uh, they asked the son, like, oh, who came over the years? And he, he mentioned three kings. You can still, you know, still when he meets and when he's met uh, King Salman, He said, do you still have the swings? Like, literally, that's where they grew up. That's what that's what Lebanon and Beirut was to them. Yeah. And like everyone from Sinatra and like all the famous uh, American actors at the time. And I was thinking of this, you know, did, did in Beirut in the late 50s, did they appreciate what they had? Like, because, you know, people slag off Dubai and I'm kind of going, hang on, like, these people are just dropping in. Like, these I global know. celebs, like Kanye's just walking in the mall, like, yeah. Shah Rukh Khan's just hanging out. Like, and we're kind of going, oh, it's it's cool videos for loving Dubai, but like, there there's a precedent for it, but the precedent yeah. was only 60 years ago in Beirut. Like, there wasn't really a precedent for it since, right? Yeah. Like, where did the stars go? And now they're all in Dubai. It's incredible. And you know what? It's funny because we were talking about Ronaldo versus uh, Maradona, for example. And, uh, well, you'll, you'll get my point. I know it seems really irrelevant, but Maradona had so much more talent than Ronaldo. Ronaldo has the discipline. When it comes to, like, Dubai versus Beirut, Beirut has the great weather and the great everything. The, the You know what I mean? It's, it's naturally... meant to really, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, succeed. But when it comes to Dubai, like it had nothing really, right? Like it was a desert. 
you know, like, yes, there's oil money, but like that's mostly Abu Dhabi, right? It's not really Dubai. And look what they've done with nothing. Yeah, it's incredible. It, it shows good leadership. And, you know, Tucker Carlson was talking a bit like that as well. But also, like, I watched the video this morning of Hamad al-Abar is in Arabic, and he was talking about, like, Europe and he mentioned five great cities in Europe and mm. he said, you know, Saudi is going to help because we have Dubai, we have Abu Dhabi, but Saudi is going to help. And yeah. he says like Beirut should have been if it wasn't for the turmoils. And I was listening to a podcast, really good history podcast called The Rest is History. And they have a second one called Empire. And they interviewed, they were doing like the last shots, really good series around mm. uh, last hundred years in Iran. And then they followed it on with, with a two part series with an author called Kim Glattis. She's based in Beirut, yeah. her mom's Dutch, and uh, she wrote a Black Wave, uh, a book that isn't available on some devices here. Uh, so she wrote this book, and then she two-part series, and, and basically, uh, you know, the, the theme of the two-part interview series is like, it wasn't always this way, right? Like, she, kind of the black wave is 1979 onwards, but like the whole theme is, it wasn't always this way. And with the yeah. genocide that's happening at the moment, it's also, you know, the, the theme of their sentiment was, it doesn't always have to be this way in the future as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, the Middle East was, you know, uh, even Syria, you know, Syria did not uh, import anything. Mm. It just exported everything and, and, and look at it now and, and you know, Iraq, like, look at them back in the day. It's incredible. I really do get chills when you start mentioning, you know, even the Shah of Iran and, you know, look at Iran back then and, and how it is today. Yeah, I follow love in Tehran. There's some cool food, foodie stuff happening. Happen, love in Baghdad, I mean. Oh, sorry, Tehran. Uh, or, or both. <laughs> both. <laughs> Tehran's got a lot. Of, we have love in Tehran. Yeah, we have love in Tehran. Uh, with a guy, and uh, he's actually managing it from Istanbul, but he's got cool snow stuff up there at the moment. Oh, snow People stuff, People are yeah, skiing very in, cool. in, there's a, there's a good book called uh, City of Lies, and it's, it's about Tehran. It's, it's very interesting now that we're... Uh, we, we should start a book club. We should mention like one book at least at, yeah. at the end of every uh, episode. Yeah. Are you reading anything at the moment? Uh, I am reading, again, a book called um, Deals That Made the World, and it talks about one of the really... I don't know if you've read it, but one of the interesting parts is talking about how during the recession, uh, the 2009 recession, um, the crisis, sorry, the talks about how the mafia the mobs were basically the only liquid uh guys versus <laughs> the banks and how they're the ones that saved the banks like oh wow so it's really incredible it's it's by a by a journalist actually um anyways shall we get to open ai's open AI, yeah <laughs> sam altman uh, he's a developer of ChatGPT, uh, and he's in the UAE. Uh, he's been courting investors in the Middle East. So he's not actually here, right? He, so I, that was a, probably a mistake from the photo I shared. But so he yeah. he, he spoke oh, he this was week on, on Zoom video uh, at the yeah. World Government Summit, and then a photo is going around yeah. uh, with the deputy leader uh, Sheikh with the, the, the finance minister. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but the photo was actually taken in that majlis where he meets oh, the techie guys. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. That was taken. Uh, last bad. June, but you know it's really aesthetically because I've seen that set wherever they are. I think they're in in one of uh, Science's offices, mm. but I've seen that photo taken a few times. Like uh, Evan Spiegel is also in that same seat, and it's kind of reserved for the the deputy. Uh, it's, it's reserved for the tech leaders when they meet. So yes. that was kind of last um, last June. Right, but, right. 
But he's been back. He's been in uh, Hub 71 in Abu Dhabi since. Mm-hmm. And he's also spoken at the World Government Summit. On uh, via Zoom. Yeah, because I was looking at that picture and wondering. Uh, so, yeah, but my bad. Um, but, yeah, basically, he, he said he wants to turn the UAE into a hub for pragmatic regulation to show that the UAE is a serious player when it comes to AI. And the UAE is all up for it. So, um, according to an interview in... Bloomberg, um, with the UAE's Minister of State for AI, Omar Al-Ulama, um, he said that the, the UAE is going to be uh, an AI testing ground. Uh, they're up for it. Uh, they're looking forward to it. And it's, it's really exciting. Uh, I mean, everyone from the crypto guys to, you know, AI, I mean, from 2009, there were only 30,000 people working in AI-related industries. And now we've got over 120,000 people in the UAE. Mm, mm. Uh, the first Ministry yeah. of AI was set up in 2017 by the UAE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and a lot, ahead of its time. Right, yeah. And Sama, Sama, as he is on X at Sama, so he actually said when he spoke in Abu Dhabi that, you know, while people are jumping on the trends, this country was isn't jumping on a trend, it's just advancing its strategy from before. Yeah. And, you know, like, talk about industrial revolutions or changes, right? If you invest in something, if you invest in automotive factories and things like that 100 years ago, like, it, it pays off, right? So I think the UAE are looking at that. There's a whole... It's other... long-term vision, right? Not just cashing in on quick trends. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole other subplots here. There's He needs to raise money, right? Like, even though they're worth yeah. 200 billion and they, they made... What was the stat? They made two billion. Yeah, they made two billion a year, and I'm kind of like, how can they make two billion a year, right? Like, Twitter have been around for 15 years or longer, 17, 18 years, and they they only make two, three billion. I think they dropped below two billion last year. Snap make that like, but open ChatGPT is just 20 bucks a month. Like, what's the business around it? They obviously are getting bigger government contracts on data and oh, whatever. Yeah. But like they're already making a lot of money, and people think they're going to make four or five billion. He wants to raise seven and a half billion. He's coming to the Gulf Deep Pockets for it. So either he's being smart, or he's kind of embracing leaderships and countries who who are uh, who are the right type of partners to use my words carefully to but to trust and to who who believe that regulation is needed in these areas and not to like. Uh, caused the problems before because this this could get uh, a bit sensitive but like why is the US the custodian for tech regulators they've yeah. had their chance and they exactly. messed up with social media they couldn't exactly. regulate it so you bye bye now US we'll yeah. regulate it <laughs> we'll take over and and you know what next up is media I think we talked about um, you know the, those investments in, in the Telegraph and, and the Spectator, hopefully that will happen, by Abu Dhabi. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they messed that up, you know, just covering the, the genocide. I think they showed their true colors and, yeah. you know, yeah, it's exciting stuff. By the way, just on just on the coverage of the genocide, do you know what I've noticed? I don't know if you picked this up, but I've seen, like I saw an article that Wired did recently. And uh, you, know, you know the way the comments on what's happened in Gaza in the U.S. are so kind of like, you kind of read them and you go, what, what? are these people Thinking. consuming, right? Yeah. But do you know what it reminds I thought the journalists were, the, were to blame and the media were to blame. And a lot of this part of the world thinks the media is to blame. But it reminded me of, there's, there's, of um, the weapons of mass destruction. and, and Exactly. That. But back then, and even back back, even like Watergate and Vietnam, right? It's the American journalists, the ones with integrity, they actually know the thru- truth. Yeah. And there's famous movies like like Washington Post and Watergate, like there's lots of material done around that. Like yeah. um, 
what's the two guys' names, but the guys who brought down Nixon are basically journalists, right? Because they didn't want to be lied to by power. Yeah. And now they've been lied to again. And they were lied to at weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. And they're being lied to again now. And But the journalists are actually... Uh, there's a really good journalist uh, at Washington Post who's doing a lot of this stuff. And then Wired did something this week. And all the comments are kind of like negative and saying you're wrong. But the journalists who... Uh, who know the truth mm. are actually documenting this. And I think that's that's important. Like you kind of have to respect American journalists who uh, who are able to uh, have courage to document these things. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is a really good movie about uh, one of the newsrooms. I think it was the uh, New York Times around the time of Cheney and Bush and all those mm. guys in Rumsfeld. And uh, it's a similar vibe to the Nixon and the Watergate right. stuff. You know what, it makes me think of Pierce Morgan, right? Because it's funny you say courage because it, it does, yes, it does take courage to do that because, you know, after what happened with him at, at, the, at the mirror with, uh, with that photo of uh, the soldiers in, in Iraq, um, you know, they took him down, right? He just, you know, he, he kind of disappeared for, for a couple of years, right? Yeah. He, was, he was doing little bits here and there. But I remember there were, he had a book signing in Dubai and uh, in a hotel uh, a few years after that. And uh, no, nobody showed up and nobody even knew who he was, you know? So it takes courage and, you know, they can take you down. And I guess in Pierce Morgan's case, Maybe that's why he he wasn't speaking up for Palestine, and mm. uh, he did you know give a platform, uh, which you should you should do that anyways. Yeah, yeah. He did give a platform to a lot of Palestinians, but um, he he was very kind of pro-Israeli and do you condemn Hamas and do you can you know. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting, interesting stuff. Um, anyway. Uh, Another really exciting event happening uh, in Dubai is the STEP Conference 2024 uh, in partnership with us, Smashy Business. It's the ultimate tech and startup festival. It's happening on February 21st and 22nd in Dubai Internet City. Uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, they've got uh, over 8,000 attendees, 400 startups, and more than 250 speakers. It's really the premier event to explore the latest trends and innovations. Uh, in tech. Uh, they've got engaging talks, workshops, uh, and a lot of networking opportunities. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure I stalked uh, Fadi Ghandur there one time. So great great place for stalking uh, people who you wish were, <laughs> who were your mentors, but besides you, Richard. Um, <laughs> so industry Not leaders himself. like Amjad uh, Masad and Jenny Zhang are going to be there. Use our promo code uh, MEDP-UPF for up to 20% off tickets. Uh, there's limited availability, so do try and secure yours. Yeah. Hyphen, for people listening, I think it's, we put it on. It's a hyphen. The, yeah. Yes, it is on Instagram. We put it up. Okay. Uh, it's, it is a hyphen, yes. Cool. Yeah, looking forward to step. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, cool. Dubai brokers are always getting in trouble, aren't they? Uh, they're a pain to deal with. Uh, they've been putting up a lot of fake listings. You know, this happened to me, right? They've been putting up all these like fake well, they're, they're not really fake listings, right? You know, they do use deceptive photos. They've always done that. Uh, the place looks great uh, on Property Finder or by Ute, whatever. Then you actually go to the place and it's a total dump, right? But what they've been doing is putting up listings that are actually unavailable. Uh, so uh, 30 companies were actually fined last month by RERA. Uh, they fined each of them over $13,000. Uh, and now... Uh, uh, the Dubai Land Department has given brokers uh, three days uh, to take down all the fake listings. Mm. So uh, the deadline, I believe, is uh, today. Today is the final day for them to, to, to take down all these fake listings. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? 
where you came across a listing that wasn't available? I think, uh, you know what, because there's been a number of different property uh, companies, right, from the platforms to the uh, real estate people that we've spoken to over the years. And this always comes up, but I think they kind of, they date back to when RERA came into place and, you know, uh, the regulation that was put in place that allowed this amazing uh, industry mm. on real estate, like you talked before, it was a de desert, but like these are part of things and love them or hate them, but the real estate brokers drive this economy forward. Right. And this seems to be the last little bit of regulation mm. that they just need to fix because it's messy, it's a joke. And, you know, Saudi is just starting with their RERA thing. They don't really have it. They have the housing ministry, but like, you know, UE has all this stuff set up and it's got the tech platforms, it's got the brokers, it's got all the elements that you need. It's got yeah. the developers, it's got the master developers, the private developers, the independent developers, the plot line, it's got everything except this little thing. And what, why they do it, and I don't understand this brilliantly, but like, Basically, they need to hook you in. So if they're, if they're all commissioned, mm. it's incentive alignment, right? Like, yeah. if they're all incentivized to sell, then they need to get your number. And but, they, they, but they've already got so much going for them. Do they really need these fake listings, though? The brokers, like, a lot of brokers don't get a salary. A lot of brokers don't yeah. get a basic salary, right? right. So yeah. they, they hop over here on a flight, and they're just told to sell, right? Yeah. And they need to hustle, right? So it's, it's incentive alignment. If you're they'll do what they can do within the rules. And at, up until now, this was in the rules. So they'll see a listing by a registered broker who has uh, the relationship with the developer, and correct me if I'm wrong, and they'll see 10 photos up. They'll copy and paste those photos, shove them up with their contact details, right. and, and they'll get the phone call. And not that it's not available, it probably is available, but they just can't represent it because right. it's not their listing. Right. So they'll sell you what they want to sell you, you know? Yeah. So that's what they're regulating. I mean, I, I respect the hustle. I do. It's just, it's such a waste of time and it's really annoying, you know, especially when you see an apartment that you really, really like and it's just like, I mean, it happened to me literally like four times in a row in the span of like two days or something. It's probably, but it probably, I don't know, but it probably is listed. It's just that they're, it's probably available, but they're putting up a fake one because they don't rep it, you know? Right. I understand. I understand. And then it might yeah. be gone and then whatever, but like, it's mm. just, it, it reminds me, there was this really good economist, David McWilliams, he's Irish and uh, he's a really good podcast. And he told a story once of um, the English were in India. I don't know how my facts and details of this, but the English yeah. were in India and they were, they, there was a snake problem, right? Okay. And uh, they wanted to get rid of all the snakes. So they told everyone, uh, everyone who showed up with a dead snake, they mm. give them, uh, they give them a thousand rupees. I don't know. They give them money, right? Okay. And what happened was... I am starting to question the, 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 logistic, le, legi the, the legitimacy history. of this Yeah, but story. do you know what happened? So, 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 no, no, well, well he, he's a credible economist, so I'm, I'm just, I'm probably not doing it justice. But so, it, so they basically showed, so lots of people started showing up with dead snakes, yeah. more snakes. So they started breeding snakes. Uh, wow. right? Because wow. they get cash for killing snakes, right? right so right. it's just, it's all about incentive alignment. I think what the regulators try to do is like, yes, they'll come in with this harsh statement of shut it down, but they'll put something better in place. Mm -hmm. And as I said, like the, the regulation here is pretty good. We're talking about Sam Altman and AI and, you know, uh, why you have smart people like ministers of AI, why you have people in places like this is to understand the policies and look at the pros and cons. And yeah, like, you know, like any ministry here, Sometimes there's criticism over regulation, but what they do is they change it quite quickly. They look at things and I think, you know, we, realistically, right, like we might not like all the brokers and all these calls, 
right? I think like, you're the only one in the UAE right now defending brokers. I get harassed. Like, and so does anyone, anyone who has a property right. I get completely harassed. Like, yeah. I get more, con like, completely ambushed, like WhatsApp. But I don't let it get to me because, uh, because I just don't think we should let these things get to us. Like, yeah. you know, but also, I also think it's a sign of a thriving economy. Right, like right. I, I think it's great that there's people out there hosting. Yeah, more yeah. power to them. Just stop True. bugging me. But True. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are the voice of reason, um, Richard. Honestly, uh, you're the voice of reason. We're we're gonna go to break in in a couple of seconds, um, but I just want to say something interesting. Um, Ali, are you are we on break already? We're not. Okay, so we're still live. So so I was looking <laughs> just about Richard being the voice of reason. I was looking into a story yesterday. And uh, Richard said, Lubna, you are not the law. You are not the police. <laughs> so I, I frame like looking into a story is, is, is Lubna's language for taking someone to the cleaners. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll have to stay tuned for that, guys. But yeah, next up, <laughs> speaking of taking someone to the cleaners, um, Dubai's Shark Tank, is it tanking? Uh, up next, we have a special guest, part of uh, Smashy Sports. Yeah. So stay tuned. Okay. Thanks, Lubna. We're going to talk Shark Tank and Smashy Sports, uh, Ronaldo, uh, Maradona, Messi. We're going to talk all about that. But first of all, Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's your first time here. Yeah. How, how do you feel? Do you feel special? Do you feel important? I feel businessy. Oh, okay. Love yeah. it. That's not even a word. And I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Ali, yeah. uh, two Bahrain startups have yes. secured funding. Mm -hmm. uh, over $300,000 uh, in investment on the reality show uh, Biban, Biban, Biban yeah. which means doors. Mm -hmm. And the show uh, is all about crowdfunding. Yeah. And they have an app where viewers can actually invest in startups that appear on the show, yes. even if they don't win. Exactly. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that versus Shark Tank in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be completely tanking. Yeah. Do you watch Shark Tank Dubai? Uh, no. Yeah, nobody <laughs> no. does. Nobody no. does, guys, because it's nowhere. It's nowhere to be found. It's yeah. nowhere to be seen. Uh, no one's going to watch it on Dubai TV, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but first of all, before we get to that, we've got some uh, exciting insights about that stuff, interesting stuff. But first, let's talk about Biban. Yes. Um, it's, it's a lovely show. Like, the uh, first time I saw it, uh, it was by accident, actually. I was just okay. surfing onto... Uh, uh, Shahid. Uh, Shahid. It's on Shahid. It's on Shahid. Yeah. Uh, Imp important point, guys. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. Okay. Um, and then uh, Ali just winked at me. <laughs> uh, and okay. it, it sort of um, caught, you know, something. It was something in, like special or different from Shark Tank or anything else. How know? so? Tell me, because it's interesting that it's in Bahrain and it's doing really, really well. The first, the first thing is the name Biban. Mm. It's Arabic. If firstly you made it completely Khaliji, relevant. Because B, yeah, Biban is only like uh, you would only use it in, in Khaliji, and in terms of yeah, uh, I didn't know what Biban meant. I had yeah. to ask you because for us we say Buab in, in Palestinian Arabic. Yeah. We said Buab. Oh, yeah, Biban or uh, Abuab in in uh, Fusha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, the um, and that was the first thing. I'm like interesting. Okay, and then I I saw okay. It's uh, it's the same similar format to Shark Tank, yeah. 
um, where you have your investors uh, or businessmen mm -hmm. uh, sitting on these judging big panels, big chairs, you know, um, and there was a mixture from the from the like uh, mixture of male and female as well. Uh -huh. You know, sometimes they would switch up and have a special guest on. Right. You know, nice. um, famous people were on there as well. Uh, the influencer was there. Uh, he's also a businessman. He owns his own media company. His okay. name is Ahmed Sharif. He was on the show. Cool. Um, cool. And also, I believe uh, uh, Umar Farooq is also an influencer. Okay. He's also involved. Nice. Uh, he's interested in that show as well. Yeah. So they've done they've done it the right way. Yes. They yeah. they like in every step of the way they've. They've managed to make each season better. Yeah. So they're currently they're like three, three yeah. seasons. You know that right. they they've made it uh, successful. Better. Yeah, successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And two Bahrain startups have have secured funding. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, Right Calories, a food tech company, and mm -hmm. Moto Lines, an automotive uh, e-commerce. Mm -hmm. Now, in comparison, uh, Shark Tank Dubai. Uh, let's talk first about Shark Tank US. Yeah, they have they've got Kevin O'Leary. They've got Mark Cuban. I mean, it's incredibly successful. Yes. Uh, same thing with uh, the other show, uh, Dragon's Den. Mm. Uh, it's really successful yeah. as well. Uh, uh, Amir Mansi, uh, Mansi uh, took it to Egypt, Shark Tank, yeah. and really, it's really successful in Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, he wanted to take it to Dubai. Mm -hmm. uh, Dubai Media stepped in, uh, did it through Dubai Inc. with uh, Shwedi Group, I mm -hmm. believe. Uh, and the, the problem is not in the quality, right? Because I believe it's the same guy behind uh, Dubai Blink, uh, Mazin, uh, he, Lebanese guy, really good, owns a production company. Mm -hmm. um, but the distribution is the issue, right? First of all, there are no English subtitles, mm -hmm. so people, it's, a, it's in Arabic, people can't watch in, in English, okay? okay? Uh, that's the first issue, okay. right? Is it, is, it, uh, is it named Shark Tank in Arabic? Or did they just it's really literally Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah. It's literally Shark Tank in Arabic. Uh, it's n on none of the platforms, not on Shahid, not on Netflix. It's, you know, uh, it's nowhere to be found except on Dubai TV. I mean, I don't even know what time it airs because am I really going to watch it on Dubai TV? What, like... That is the, see, that is the, one of the main problems with um, TV, you know, broadcast. Yeah. Uh, it, like, we're going to the age of, like, we are in the age of, like you are you are in the age of digital exactly. everything is digital everything is online yeah if everything if if it goes back to tv then you have a problem i mean what problem. were they thinking right what were they yeah. thinking yeah uh, insane like it should at least if like i know dubai tv is free at least put it on youtube you know their, their youtube channel exactly for example Exactly. Yeah. It's not even, you just have very short clips, like less than a minute uh, or, or a minute maximum on YouTube. I mean, come on, guys. Like, you know, it's a great show. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and also, can we talk about the, the judges mm. on the show, right? Uh, we've got uh, Faisal Jum'a Belhol, a great uh, founder and chairman of Ithmar Capital Partners. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, we've got Eli Khouri, uh, CEO and chairman at Vivium Holding, mm -hmm. uh, also Good, you know. Uh, th then we've got Noor Swade, CEO at Global Ventures, uh, Hamad, managing partner at Beko Capital, and then we've got uh, Amira Sajwani. Mm. You know, why is Fadi Ghandur not on that show? Uh, why is Mohammed Labar not on that show? I feel like, you know, sometimes with Shark Tank and Dragon's Den, uh, they've yeah. got different, you know, they, they kind of have, uh, and, and same with Beban, right? They've done it the right way. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like, 
you know, we need to have a mixture. We need to have, you know, uh, bigger names there as well. Uh, it's also personalities as well, you know, like... Absolutely. Like, personalities click on the show. Like, mm. uh, Mark Cuban and uh, you have uh, Mr. Wonderful. Exactly. Uh, you know, they click on the show. Exactly. You know? uh, Whereas on this show, honestly... No clicks. No one be clicking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what happened to me there, but... <laughs> Oh dear. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. L- yeah, I feel like had it been on Netflix, it just would have done so, so well. I mean, if you yeah. look at, you know, the, like, again, if you look at Dubai Bling, and now we're going to have Love is Blind, yeah. uh, you know, Dubai Edition. Dubai Edition. I mean, those are, you know, nice shows. It's nice to see Dubai on Netflix, yeah. but they're, they're silly, right? You don't really get any value. L- let's be honest here. There is absolutely no value in watching Dubai Bling, you know? If do, you're a, do you disagree? If, well, <laughs> for people that uh, that are within this region, yes. For people that live outside of this mm. region, no. I they, mean, it's it's I, like it's yeah. useful for them to see Dubai, and True. Dubai is marketed in a very beautiful way. In that in that regard, yes. absolutely yes. yes. But I mean, with the drama and all of that, it doesn't really uh, give you any uh, quality or value, right? If there is no drama. It is not watchable. Yeah. <laughs> true. True, you true. Know, there is drama, you watch. <laughs> so speaking of drama and mm. sports, yes. uh, Ali, uh, what, what's what's the dish? What's going on in the world of sports, smashy sports? Tell us a little bit about the show and then tell us what's been going on. Okay. Uh, do you want to be regional or international? Because there's a lot of news going on. Mm. Like we can talk about... What's going on in the, the... The most exciting thing. Let's talk about the most exciting thing. And we can talk about uh, Ronaldo a little bit. I know he's, he's my your idol. favorite. Your yes, idol. he's my idol. And he's the greatest of all time. And mm-hmm. I will say that each time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, we can talk about... Let's go with Saudi League. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, he, he went head-to-head with... What's his name? Lionel the, the The captain. Uh, the captain of the... Gosh, which team is it? Oh, oh God. Al-Hilal. Um, you know, the, oh my God, I'm going to sound like such a girl right now. But, you know, there was a clip uh, going viral on Twitter. He was trending yesterday on Twitter, this guy. Uh, his whole team kind of, you know, when, when, the, when the whistle, when the referee whistled, his whole team was uh, objecting to it. And oh, then, you mean yeah. against Fiha? Okay. Yes. Yeah, he yeah, was trending yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm not doing that yeah. badly for a girl. You just, you just did this, you know, to them, like, you just did this, yeah. <laughs> hear me, yeah. Yeah. come, I, I can hear you guys, yeah. uh, basically, there's a lot of, uh, the funny thing is that he's the biggest name in the world, Yeah. you know, Yeah. Uh, biggest name in the world, has such an influence across the globe, mm. and in Saudi, Some people have the audacity to chant Messi in front of Ronaldo. Okay. I know it's all fun and games, but... uh, Is it though, when it comes to football, is it all fun and games? It's very serious, isn't it? Yes, it's very serious. But this man man has single-handedly promoted the Saudi Saudi Arabian League, Mm. okay, and taken it to somewhere that nobody thought it would go. He's out there giving statements saying it's better than the French League, which yeah, is a top five true. league in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Nice you know? For him to go out and say that, mm. 
like you have to you have to have respect for that. Yeah, you have to have respect for that. You know, unlike Messi who declined the offer for Al Hilal and went to Inter Miami to enjoy the Miami Beach over there and retire. <laughs> you know, uh, at the age of 35, thinking that the World Cup is enough for him. Yeah, seriously, uh, how dare he? Yeah, how dare he? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's one thing. There, there are issues as well with the Saudi Arabian League as well, with uh, the attendees being low. Mm-hmm. Even though you have big names like Cristiano, you have the the. Why players. do you think that is? What? Why are people not going to watch the games? There's a lot of like there are a lot of factors and uh, that come into play in terms of ticket uh, ticket prices. The timings of the games. So are the prices too high? You're saying? For Asian games, yes. Mm. Like in terms, if you compare, do we know, do it, we know the ticket price? It's like one fifty uh, real Saudi. Okay, how yeah. much is that in, 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 in dollars? What? Let's pull it real quick. Forty dollars. Okay. Our producer. Our producer uh, okay, is, uh, I'll get to that point. This investment will not affect I, the Saudi national team. Habib, we'll get to that point. I'm talking about the... Can, ten, can uh, the viewers hear him? Yeah, he, they just heard them, I believe so. If we heard them, they, they heard them. Okay, great. Um, the... the <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to our ear now instead of the speaker. Uh, um, so... I was talking about the the ticket price. I think it was around 150 uh, Riyadh Saudi. Yeah, which okay. is 40 dollars. Yes. Yeah. So if a family or a group of friends are going, each person has to pay 150, 150, mm. 150, 150. Mm. And it's during a week, and it's also in Al Fiha, and it's not in Riyadh. Mm-hmm. It's 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 mm-hmm. in another location. It's, I mean, imagine putting that much investment and then not thinking about those things. <laughs> imagine getting Ronaldo and then not thinking about ticket prices and where the games are being held. Yeah, but the the, the now the that's when when uh, the Asian Champions League happens. That's mm-hmm. the price. But when with the Saudi League, it's much much cheaper. Um, and. Um, Basically, it does get full when big games and important games happen. Right. So, for example, if Al Hilal and Al Nasr are in a semi final or they're playing against each other, mm-hmm. full. Mm-hmm. Ahli, nice. Ittihad, you know, full. Right, right. Um, um, but he brought up a question uh, that uh, interrupted my uh, thought process. You okay. Know, you know. Um, about uh, it affecting the national team, Saudi national team. Of course, 100%. It is both positive and negative. Firstly, it will be negative in the beginning, where there will be a huge difference in the quality of play and uh, quality of players and the difference between the Saudi and the international players, the superstars that mm-hmm. come. Um, uh, but over time, the younger players will adapt hmm. to that style. That's the same thing that happened with uh, the European leagues, you know. Um, how did the Premier League evolve? How did the uh, how did La Liga evolve? How right. did the French league evolve? Mm. If you look at the French league now, majority of them are not even French. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> they they've come from all across across the globe. Yes. You know, um, specifically either from the continent of Africa or Asia. Yeah. Exactly. You know? um, mm. And. Uh, they're playing at a high level over there and they took took it to top five, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So Saudi is looking to do the same. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of it's it's a two two 
sort of uh, two pointer um, where it's a, one it's a double edged sword yeah um, one it's beneficial for the players mm. and the future of saudi football mm. two it's um, it's for tourism as well people will will see uh, Saudi in a different light. Ah, if, okay. you, if you bring football into play, football is the number one sport and it's loved by majority of the people around around yep. the world. Yep. So if you speak in terms of football, it attracts people. Right. right. Same thing with food. Sure. You know, sure. food attracts people. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, Saudi and the UAE are just making all the right moves. Exactly. Really. You know, inv investing in sports, investing in media. I mean, now you know Sam Altman. Uh, you know, the World Government Summit. Him saying that he wants to, uh, you know, that, that he wants to turn the UAE into a, an AI testing ground. Yeah. I mean, they're just killing it this year. Yeah. The, the UAE and Saudi are killing it in, in all uh, all uh, aspects. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question for you. It's Go it's uh, not business related. Mm, sure. What is the most annoying thing? Uh, that a non-football fan can do while uh, a season is, is happening or you're, you're, you're watching a game? What is the most annoying thing? Um, for if, if I'm watching a game, for yeah. example, yeah. of my favorite club. Yeah. Um, Asking questions. Yelling yeah. Messi while Ronaldo is playing. Uh, well, that, <laughs> yes. Uh, but in terms of, like, I... Me watching football, that's my sanctuary. Don't bother me. Mm. You know, if you come and ask me questions and talk to me while I'm laser focused into the game, you know, right. I'm enjoying. That's my. You know, when you watch a movie, yeah, there's a rule that's yeah. that like that you don't talk about, but it's it's there. Yeah, where. You have to stay silent. Right, Don't exactly. Don't talk during a movie. I'm so glad that we agree on that, uh, Ali, because so many people just don't seem to know the rules, apparently. No. Apparently, don't. it's really hard to stay quiet while watching a movie. See? Yeah. See? Yeah. It, the, like, I'm just getting riled up thinking about it. I can't the, imagine how you f you would feel about the, football watching it's the a football same thing game. About, it's the same <laughs> thing when it comes to football. It's the same thing. Like, you lose focus, oh. next thing you know. The, there's a yellow card and you don't you don't you, you didn't catch the the replay because you're arguing with the <laughs> with the person that's next to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's asking about the blue card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hisham is just playing like an ominous role, yeah. you know, with this earpiece in in, in our yeah. in our ears. So yeah. uh, this is you. You must feel so much power, Hisham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, in terms of the blue card that was brought up mm. by, uh, I think it was the Athletic, right? Okay. Yeah, Athletic. Um, they got out the news uh, that the international thing for referees, mm. yeah, they decided uh, that uh, it wasn't enough to have just two colors, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, that's already confusing for the referees that they mm -hmm. don't know the difference between yellow and red. So they have. Do you know that there is a the, the, the red there is a red card that's circular? No, I did not know that. Because sometimes the referee cannot tell the difference between the yellow and the red color. So there is a circular card wow. that they pull out and. Why can't they tell the difference? Um, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. No idea. Maybe it's, Might be the maybe tension it's the, of the, the match. Tension. Yeah, yeah tension of thinking. the match. You know, he wants to get out the card quickly. Mm. Um, that's why majority of the referees they have the red card 
uh, yeah, yeah, mm. and yeah, yellow. So mm. they they wondering. know, yeah. So they know what wh- where where the cards are. Right. But sometimes they put a uh, there's a circle there. Okay. A red circle. Okay. Yeah. And what's what is the blue card then? So the blue card is a new uh, card that uh, they want to uh, come into play, like they want to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically like timeout. You're out for ten minutes. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. If you ask me. Yeah, is it a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? It's horrible. Okay. Horrible, horrible. It is, I think this would de- destroy the entertainment of football. Wow, you think, oh my gosh, this is like a, a top story of the day. Alibaba thinks blue card that will destroy football. Yeah, because it's a very thin <laughs> line where, it's a, it's a, it's a very thin line where you, see, where you use uh, a yellow and a, and a blue card. Because a yellow, you give a yellow to a person who, was like, okay, you've fouled m- multiple times, so I'm going to give you a yellow mm. just to give you a warning. Yeah? And there was malicious intent as well. Yeah, like sure. a little bit of malicious, but not very, like too much. Yeah. Th- that's right. Yeah. If it's like m- pure malicious intent that you're going sure. to tackle, that's a right. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of the the blue card, it's a very thin line between, like, yeah. like I'm confused. Mm. Mm. What about the referee? Mm-hmm. That's already making mistakes by giving either yellow or red or going to VAR. There's a lot of things happening yeah, within I, the match. I just hear Hisham like laughing in, in my ear, or, or I don't know if <laughs> yeah. this is just the, how you breathe, Hisham. I, I think um, that's how he breathes. He's he's asking him, is it going to reduce the amount of red cards? I don't think so. I think the the moment that they get a blue card, then they'll get a red card. I think we can talk about this forever, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but we are going, I think, over, over time. Over yeah. time. But yeah. you know what? This is really exciting, Ali. We should have you on the show more often. Honestly. Yeah, That's... sure. If you want me to speak about uh, football in terms of business terms, I'm fine. There's you know, no... you know, I did, I did play football once for for a very brief period of time. I did play for for Man United. You played for uh, well, Man not United. not Man United, uh, the team. Uh, is, it, uh, it was just a United. It, it United. Was... <laughs> <laughs> it was the soccer school here, oh, okay. uh, and it was really fun. I was the only girl, uh, the only girl. Uh, that was before the, the girls started joining the team. It was when it first mm-hmm. opened uh, years and years ago. But yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting stuff, interesting stuff. I, I really enjoy playing the game. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know so much about it, but mm. I, I do enjoy watching uh, football. Mm. So yeah, let's, let's do this regularly, and we can also educate all the... All the ladies out there who you know would like to enjoy football, perhaps with their uh, significant uh, other, other, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, it's, no problem. It's funny because uh, a couple of weeks ago I was watching. Uh, it was uh, Arsenal versus uh, who was it? Arsenal was was playing against someone. I, I forgot who. Um, Liverpool. 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 Yes, yeah. of course. Um, mm. And I texted my uh, ex boss and I said, "Oh, nice, like n- nice goal." Uh, and then I, I made s- several other comments, whatever. Uh, stop laughing at me, Ali, for God's sake. Anyways, and then he and then I made a couple of comments, right? And then he said, oh, you're clearly sitting with someone who knows their football. Uh, and then I sent him a picture of myself alone. And then I said, actually, that person is me. So kudos, you, no? you no. just wait and see. No? I will surprise you. No? Uh, anyway, uh, Richard football, is going to kill us because we've been talking analyst. about this. Future football analyst. Future <laughs> Lubna Hamdan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, guys. 
stay tuned. Uh, watch us tomorrow. We're now available on YouTube uh, for free. You don't have to sign up to the streaming platform. Um, but do, you know, do, do sign up to, to watch some Smashy Sports um, shows. And you can catch me on UAE Sports Show. Every Thursday, every at Thursday. 12 a.m. Mm. 12 p.m. 12 p.m. 12 a.m. Okay, uh, and follow us on social media. And if you prefer audio, uh, get us wherever you get your podcasts. Amirami, Spotify, Apple, you name it.